Welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. I'm Scott Linden, your host. Glad you could join me. However you're listening, sure do appreciate that. If you're on the RVTravel.com website, feel free to just put us in the background and listen as you browse the rest of the pages there. Learn two things at once, maybe three, depending on how many pages you can read at one time. If you're listening on your phone or your tablet or anything else, I sure appreciate that as well and hope you will take a moment to well, pass along our uh, website to your friends and also rate or review us, particularly if you're listening via Apple Podcasts. So thanks a bunch in advance for that. Well, we'll have a few places to go and different ways to go there, how to camp and enjoy nature, I know the reservation thing is a little tougher than it used to be, but we're here to help and we have some advice in that world. Also some maintenance tips, a quirky place to go on the California coast. And have you ever thought of buying your own RV space? We'll talk to somebody who is well-versed in that subject and uh, maybe can open your eyes to another alternative out there. If you're tired of jockeying for position on the websites, as you try to get a campsite this summer which uh, unofficially started last weekend. Hope you had a good Memorial Day. I'm sure you remembered what it's really about. It's not just barbecues and parades. It's all the things that uh, we are allowed to do because other people gave their lives in service to our democracy. But many of us did all that and remembered them from somewhere far away and... uh, Hopefully you found a place to go and you had a good time doing it. You know, last week or so, um, RVTravel.com ran a survey on how many of you were planning to go somewhere on Memorial Day weekend. And I was in the former category. 33% of us said, yes, we're going somewhere over the Memorial Day weekend. 64% of us said, heck no, that's the best time to stay home because everybody else is traveling. So uh, interesting response there. And um, yeah, hopefully now that that whole holiday weekend kerfuffle is over, you'll be out doing more of it along with the 56 million other American RVers. Yeah, you know, 31% of all leisure travelers are traveling in an RV this summer. Wow. That's a lot of people on the road. I hope I hope you're not behind them in line at the gas station. You know, I I talk a lot about it because it's it's a perpetual challenge around um, the RV world and that is finding places to go, especially places that are popular that may not have room for you, but I was in a place a couple of years ago and so in our new yes vacancy segment i thought it'd be worth digging in again and sure enough there is room for you at yellowstone national park well technically right next door to yellowstone in the town of west yellowstone the yellowstone grizzly rv park and cabins has some vacancies now you're not going to get there during the highest of the high season which is july but As of this podcast, there are sites in mid and late August, late September, and then in October, things break loose. You can see lower rates and lots 
of vacancies, and that's all at Yellowstone Grizzly RV Park and Cabins. If you want more information on them, then just go to, let's see, grizzlyrv.com. Grizzly like the bear, rv.com. I did some poking around over there when I was checking on reservation availability, and they've got dry camping sites for 50 bucks a night, 100 bucks a night for a full hookup for about a 30-foot trailer with two adults, depending on the date and the type. So don't panic when you go on the site and see that they are telling you they are full. Search some of the dates, and you might just score. Be a little flexible. I was. I did four different test reservations. I scored on all four of them. Good luck on that, and um, maybe we'll see you in Yellowstone this year. Hey, the RV Travel Podcast is brought to you in part by softstartrv.com slash stay cool. It's 90 degrees here today, so um, me and the dog, we're just laying low, staying cool ourselves. But if we were in our travel trailer, the air conditioner would still work even if we were just plugged in to household current. Have you seen the video? Mike Sokol, our friend, at RV Electricity. He's been on the podcast. He knows a little bit about this stuff. In fact, he knows a lot more about this stuff than most of us. He's got a great video at softstartrv.com slash stay cool. They're in graphic form. I was going to say in black and white, but even I know there's some colors involved in his video. He's got some graphs there that show you what the average peak amperage is for um, an unassisted air conditioner when it starts pulling power, and then one that is helped by the soft start RV. It's remarkable. It's about half the amperage. That's why you can start up your RV air conditioner with a little generator, shore power that's very wimpy. Watch the video, check out the graph. Mike did a great job of showing you how it all works in black and white and green and blue and probably a little bit red in there. Anything electric has red somewhere in it, doesn't it? Okay, well, stay tuned. We're just getting warmed up around here. Maybe you're thinking about buying an RV space. Or if you're heading for the West Coast, I've got a destination for you as well. I know, I know, I'm the same way frustrated you know half the time when trying to get a reservation somewhere for our little rv i can't imagine what it's like for a big rv but we all got to live with those problems uh ryan cookler joins us he's with LandDocker.com, and he's got a solution that may be a little bit more interesting than you thought before or maybe you didn't even think about it ryan welcome to the rv travel podcast well, thanks, Scott. I'm happy to be here. You, um, your new business uh, was born out of frustration too, uh, much the same as almost everybody these days. Give me the backstory on LandDocker.com. Sure. Well, um, as you and a lot of uh, your listeners know, uh, campsites are getting harder to find, and um, parks, state parks, national parks are are. Uh, having you know long waits um also difficult to 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 book and um 
we have been full-time travelers for a little over a year now and we just we wanted the comfort to know that we were going to always have a place to go um the whole world went crazy with covid in a lot of different ways and um we we decided that we wanted to um find some land to be able to um create as our own for our rv and and know that we always have a place to go um and and have the freedom to to travel or not travel uh when we want um the problem is that we it was difficult finding resources out there to to find land that allows you to legally park your rv uh so we we did a lot of researching on our own and we we found some options that worked for us but we wanted to then have a space uh, to share this information with other people that might be doing the same thing. Uh, so we decided to start a website um, and advertise properties that you can legally um, park your RV on for sale uh, and for rent. So uh, as another option out there for fellow RVers, we uh, wanted to, to share what we've learned and, and provide those resources uh for others as well you know i've seen this in the last few years more and more places are uh whether you want to call them a park or a resort or anything else there many of the spaces are now for sale not just for rent if you will um how hard is it to find those places for you in terms of uh you know you're basically compiling a database do you see a trend an upward trend in that world yeah, um, I, I do, and and really there are two main types of properties that that we found and, and that we have on the site. One is the more traditional park experience, where um, either a portion of an RV resort or or all of an RV resort will be structured more like a condominium, where you'll you'll be buying a lot or or renting a, a specific lot in in that park. Um, others are, are are more raw land that um, are in a particular location that will legally allow you to uh, set up a, a you know utilities and connect your RV and, and to be able to live on them. So we're seeing a lot more of both types of properties on the market and a lot more interest for both types of properties in the market. Yeah, I, I just had a conversation with a good friend of mine, fellow guitar player, yesterday about that whole subject. And he's looking for exactly what you just described, a place that he can just park on whenever he feels like it. Uh, are there specific restrictions or do we need to jump through certain hoops if if we want to just buy a piece of raw land? I know it's different from state to state and county to county, but if we can buy a piece of um, rural land, uh, what are the things we need to watch for if we're going to want to put an RV on it periodically or even permanently? Sure. Well, you know, you're exactly right. There are so many different restrictions and laws that are very dependent on the location. And, you know, at, at, in that, at that point, you're dealing not only with, with states, but counties and cities and um, even specific deed restrictions on, on individual lots within a city that might otherwise allow it. So the lots that um, we advertise or, or the raw land that we advertise is, is confirmed, you know, to the best of our knowledge, uh, to, to legally uh, permit um, an RV to be, be uh, hooked up there. 
Now, sometimes a permit is required by the jurisdiction, and, and sometimes there are, there are length requirements. Um, you, know, you may be only able to camp for three year, months out of a year or six months or so. But um, where there is a restriction that we're aware of, we would uh, add that uh, to the notes uh, on that listing. Let's talk a little bit about the other end of the spectrum, the uh, established RV parks, if you will, that are now, sure. uh, they're now selling spaces. We've seen some of that. And then, of course, we've seen the, uh, you know, the VRBO version of that. Somebody buys a space and then they, they rent it for short-term uh, use by right. other people. W where do you see that all going in the next year or two with all of the, you know, demand we're, we're going to see? Well, I, I see, you know, that growing as well. Um, there are a lot of great sites out there that do already advertise more short-term type uh, stays. So you, you may have go to, to you know, an app like Hip Camp and find a place for a night or a weekend or even a week. Um, what we are really catering toward is a more a little bit longer term of a stay, so maybe at the minimum of a week, um, typically by a month or a season or, or even a year. Uh, so, so the properties that we're advertising, you can think of you know, more like uh, renting out a, an apartment if you're looking for, uh, from a rental perspective. Um, there may be some that are, are by the day or, or uh, you know, by, by a few days minimum, but typically we're um, we're talking about properties on our site that would be catered to a little bit longer term stays. And, and I know they're not all this way, but to a great degree, we're thinking, uh, you know, I'm thinking snowbirds. Uh, you want to go from Canada to Palm Springs for the whole winter. Uh, that, Absolutely. That sounds like the, you know, an ideal match, LandDocker.com, plus some guy who wants to find a place for the whole winter. Yeah, um, you know, full-time travelers are uh, a great category. Snowbirds, uh, even those that may, um, you know, may want to set up a space like a, a second home or vacation home where they can leave their their RV permanently and and just drive out to visit it. And and this could be a way to enjoy your RV more uh, without having to deal with the hassles of always moving it and finding a spot. Um, but it could be in another place somewhat close to home that you could just drive to and enjoy on the weekends. So let's walk through the process. I'm that guy and I want to go somewhere for a month next winter. Uh, how do we, how do we learn how to work your site? Sure. Well, we are, are really trying to build out a user-friendly experience on our site. And uh, so if you go to our site, you can, you can browse properties by uh, either you know, rental or for sale. And uh, we have a map where you can search by, you search by the map or um, you know, click through the state and the, the different uh, areas of the state to, to find listings. Um, we have lots of pictures and as much information as we can gather about the, the types of hookups available and so forth. And then if you find a property that you like, um, we're not trying to be the middleman. Uh, we just have the contact information to uh, connect you directly with the person who either owns that site or as the agent or property manager for that site in some cases. 
And from there, you can send them an email or call them and uh, negotiate the terms and uh, formalize uh, payments and, and ask any questions that, that you have. Um, we're doing all of this for free. We, we don't charge anything uh, either to list or to search for the properties. So for those interested or maybe just curious, we would really love for you to, to check us out and, and take a look. And, and there's really no, no sign up, no cost, no obligation at all to do that. How about the number of listings? I know you're, you're basically filling the pipeline as fast as you can. Uh, are you still looking for more listings in other areas? Yeah. Um, right now we have just over 60 properties for sale listed in, in about 10 different states. And we have just over 20 properties for rent in about seven states. Um, we're going out and adding as many as we can from sources that, that we found through our research. Um, but we also have a link on the site uh, that will send us an email. Uh, if anybody does have a site uh, or, or land that they would like to advertise for sale or for rent um, that they can use to, to contact us, we'd be happy to work with them to get their, their information online as well. I, one of the one of the areas one of your listings and I, I know we're using real estate lingo here but it it makes sense and that's what you're calling them too I think um, one yeah. was basically a owner what would I call it own uh, a, co a cooperative if you will that was building out right now so you could go to ten sleep Wyoming and buy one of the slots in a 10 slot little development that is under construction. Do you see that becoming more and more of a trend? People basically taking the bull by their horns, building their own dang park and then bringing a few friends in. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's, it's raw land that you may want to buy for yourself and, and have a few hookups on where you can have a spot for yourself and, and maybe one or two for, for friends. Um, or developers coming in and, and building out, you know, what are essentially you know, condominiums but geared towards RV travelers. Um, we do see more coming online, and, and I think it's an attractive option for developers too because they can, um, you know, buy and develop the land, sell it, get their investment back, and move on and, and do it again in another location. And a lot quicker than you could build an apartment building, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, in a lot of cases, a lot for a lot less money uh, when you consider the cost oh, yeah. of, of having to put up a, a whole building versus uh, the infrastructure just for hookups. So if if you were on the other side of the transaction, you were somebody like me who was just looking to, to, to rent a space for a month somewhere. What, what kind of tips would you offer us up in, in terms of shopping and and making arrangements. Are there some strategic uh, considerations that you might suggest? Sure. I mean, as you know, with any mechanism these days, it's it's important to try to plan ahead, um, especially for longer periods of time. And you know, a lot of times people that are going out longer have have bigger rigs that that may not fit everywhere. So. Um, it's as many resources as you as you have available start reaching out think of an area that maybe you haven't been or that you like going to and instead of maybe looking at the park uh, the state uh, state or, or national park in that area um, look at uh, look at us or look at uh, some of the other options that that might give you a, a different experience than you're used to and 
I think you'll find that there are more options out there than just the um, the, the typical campground or the, the state or national parks. Um, and, uh, w- you know, it, it, the market drives opportunities. And, and obviously, we're seeing a lot more people out camping now, um, out with RVs, and the market's responding and, and new options are coming in um, all the time. And I think it's an exciting time. And I think, um, you know, it's easy to get frustrated sometimes, but be open-minded, kind of keep your options open, be flexible, and uh, you'll be able to still have a great time out there. Well, there you have it, uh, landdocker.com. You, you got to explain that one to me. Come on, Ryan. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, everybody knows boondocking. Um, some people use the term wally docking for, for parking in Walmart. I've, I've even heard mooch docking for, you know, pulling up at your friend's house and, and camping out in their driveway with a hookup. So, we kind of wanted to play off of that, and, and we were tossing around different ideas, but land docking kind of had a nice ring to it. Uh, you know, buy land, set it up for yourself, create your own um, custom, unique camping experience, and, uh, and come land docking. There you go, LandDocker.com. Ryan Cookler is the founder, uh, chief cook, bottle washer, and probably probably maintaining the back end of that website as well, if I uh, remember your background. So uh, what a great idea. Uh, good luck to you, and thanks for being a part of the RV Travel Podcast. Great. Well, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. And this part of the RV Travel Podcast is brought to you by Clear2O.com. Stock up for the RV season, free shipping for orders over $100. It's valid for orders shipped within the lower 48. Have you checked out clear2o.com? Almost every review is a five-star review. I don't know what that other guy was thinking. But anyway, they make the most meticulously crafted inline RV and marine water filters, a solid carbon block. One micron is the tiniest, tiniest amount that they will allow through. Compare that to some of the other inline water filters, you will be astounded at the difference. The reason they can do that at clear2o.com is because their solid carbon block inline water filter is different than those others that have perhaps carbon granules instead. That solid carbon block will eliminate bad taste and odors all the way down to that one micron level. It's all at clear2o.com. Yeah, so we've got some new partners here at the RV Travel Podcast. Here, here. No, not a British court. No, it's H-E-A-R-H-E-R-E.com. Kevin Costner and his buddies over there, Bill and Woody, have created a basically a massive audio library of fascinating facts, historical stories, places to go, insights to those places. It's all at herehere.com and also right here at the RV Travel Podcast. Here's our first entry in the lexicon of places you should go this summer. If you can imagine standing in a forest of giant, pristine redwood trees and other unusual tree formations that elicit a little Wizard of Oz feeling, 
You're not alone, and you've not lost your way on the adventure. The Trees of Mystery was formed in 1931 by Carl Bruno as a natural theme park and is now listed as a major tourist attraction that's located in the heart of the small town of Klamath, which sits within the Yukon Indian Reservation in Del Norte, California. Once you stumble onto the park and its storybook trails, it's no wonder that the legendary Paul Bunyan and his erstwhile bighorn partner produced an interesting mystique that today surrounds this lumberjack style of wooden carvings. In fact, there's a 49-foot statue of the logger himself, alongside a 35-foot statue of Babe the Blue Ox, which are both visible from Highway 101. Each statue is composed of wooden beams, chicken wire, and stucco, built in 1950 and 1961, respectively. These towering replicas of these two legendary loggers who define the trees of mystery in Klamath are what the park is best known for. To be able to view the unbelievable but true world's largest group of nature's living wonders more up close and personal, an aerial tramway called the Sky Trail was installed in 2001, which allows visitors to get from one section to another within the entire land the trees of mystery occupies. Located in the core of the Redwood Empire, Bruno's creations are highlighted throughout the premier nature attraction. From the Cathedral Tree, which consists of nine trees intertwined in a semicircle growth formation out of one root structure, to the Brotherhood Tree, boasting a massive size of 297 feet tall and 19 feet in diameter, makes this one-third of a mile journey through the forest treetops appealing and exciting. One can't pass up the candelabra tree, so aptly named after witnessing the younger tree sprouting up from the heart of it after the tree had fallen. Or the elephant tree, that beautifully resembles an elephant's trunk, with multiple limbs branching out from its base. These arboreal mutants that line the interpretive trails along the trees of mystery are standing for your sheer enjoyment. As an oddball of an attraction, this is in Klamath, California. It's also a stunning mountainside forest full of woodsman mythology, freaky trees, a sky ride, an Indian museum, a gift shop, and a faux underwater restaurant. The assortment of these anchors within the theme park lent themselves to Bruno retiring amongst the redwood giants to continue with his chainsaw wood carvings, increasing the trees of mystery folklore along the unique trail. Even a memorable Albert Joyce Kilmer poem, Trees, is piped in as a song on the loudspeakers throughout your tour. I think I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Oh, I love it. And I hope you did too. It's, um, it's one of those places that's on my bucket list. And I'm not that far from it. So I, I think I'll try and get there later this fall on the way to somewhere else fun as well. I'll put a link to hearhear.com in our show notes. Thanks to the folks at here, H-E-A-R-H-E-R-E.com, hearhear.com, 10,000 stories. It's an app. You might want to dig into it. And this part of the show is brought to you by rvtravel.com slash who makes what. Yeah, that's the free, uh, did I say free, 73-page report from rvtravel.com of every U.S. RV manufacturer and all the makes and models of the stuff they build. 
yeah, if you're curious about who builds that one, or if you're in the business and you want to know who really put the axle on that one right there, rvtravel.com slash who makes what, a free 73-page report listing all of that. Updated, current, it's right to the minute. Just click and it's there, free. I know if you're like me, you're frustrated uh, quite often trying to get service, trying to schedule warranty work, whatever it is. Uh, a lot of solutions to that, a lot of ways around it. And that's why I thought it'd be good to bring in Kurt Hemmler. He's with the RV Technical Institute. Kurt, welcome to the RV Travel Podcast. Tell me, what is the biggest challenge you guys face over there? Um, our biggest challenge really right now uh, is, you know, RV Technical Institute is about two years into a whole complete startup. And, you know, I think the, the, the greatest challenge we face right now is just getting the word out, uh, making sure that folks do know that there is a, a school that was dedicated to hopefully uh, helping those consumers have a better experience uh, when they get their uh, coach serviced. Uh, but uh, making sure the word gets out. So podcasts like yourself and, and many other avenues, I try to get the word out about what we're doing here in Elkhart. Well, you know, you're in the, of course, of course, in the hotbed of, of RV uh, building. Uh, mm -hmm. And clearly if you're building RVs, you know something about fixing them as well. What, what, who are you, what are you really doing over there at RVTI? Are you training new technicians? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and let me, you, you brought up a very good point, as, as many of your uh, listeners know, that uh, the heartbeat of the world of RVing is in Elkhart, Indiana, and its local area. And so for that reason, it made sense to build the, the heart of this service training right in the heart of RV world in Elkhart. And that's what we did. We opened an a 18,000 square foot facility, and I think it should be known that the curriculum that we have created was designed and made by everybody, uh, the the industry, the OEMs, the suppliers, all have come together over the last two years to help identify the 89 task that a RV service technician should know, should be tested on, and should be certified. And so that's that's what we've been doing um, over the last couple of years. 89 sounds like a pretty small number compared to all the stuff but but if you if you start rattling them off and we will i promise you oh. <laughs> i bet it's pretty pretty darn comprehensive you know but but what is the reason because we've you know we we all see the commercials for the the car guys and the truck guys in in your world the technical institute world and they're getting all sorts of support from the manufacturers as well what is the reason why does why is that critical to this process sure sure well you know it all started really because the industry began to look at what is referred to as repair event cycle time or what we call wrecked um and this is the amount of time that a consumer must wait for their coach to be serviced and uh, and hopefully all of your well all of your listeners know this already, but you may not know the uh, how bad it is. But it is, this is pre-COVID, by the way, 21-day average uh, whenever you drop your coach off to be serviced. Now, obviously, there's a, a multitude of things 
uh, everything from, you know, just doors and latches to a complete air conditioning or a roof rebuild, which goes into that average. But the average being 21 days and, and the industry is just as unhappy as as many of your consumers may be when they drop a coach off. So one of the uh, mechanisms to to combat that is obviously parts availability um, in which the industry, many of the folks have identified the top 100 parts, which make it keeps them inventoried. So uh, it's a quick turnaround. And the other one is making sure that the technicians are trained and hopefully certified uh, they, we, you know, the industry, thanks to the automobile world, uh, has just gotten comfortable with the idea that when you take your car in, that it's that you're you have a certified technician working on it or an ASE uh, technician working on it. And as many of your consumers probably know, that isn't the case in the RV world. Um, certification is not a mandatory situation. Uh, is uh, so RVTI it was was established to hopefully begin to to mirror that of what you see in the auto world by, by getting folks certified on a standardized curriculum so that there's a, a base knowledge out there that technicians can expand upon. Kurt, I'm going to ask you the most important question right now. Think carefully before you answer. Sure. How, how long did it take you all to come up with the acronym RECT for <laughs> waiting on a wrecked RV? <laughs> well, well you know, when I when I took over Scott, the first thing I said, oh, this does not add any more letters to this word. You know, erect, <laughs> leave it erect. Okay. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, but I will tell you that that actually predates myself. You know, I was brought in. I I come to the RV world after spending 25 years in the education space, specifically um, career colleges that trained and built auto technicians and diesel technicians, marine technicians. And so when I came into this industry, um, that had already been established. That the, the industry had already identified that that was a key metric that they wanted to keep an eye on. And so a lot of things are being done from the dealers to the manufacturers to make sure that the consumer is, is uh, that we're, we're improving on that number. Um, and, uh, and I will tell you that uh, unfortunately the, the COVID situation took, you know, already a challenge system and has, has made it even more challenging as, as the amount of, of uh, RVs on the road continues to climb. You know, and I feel your pain and I, and, and, mm -hmm. and, and I know nobody's doing it on purpose, but what it just mm -hmm. for once so that mm -hmm. the next campfire, we, we are actually not just bitching and moaning. We, we are speaking about the things that are real out there. What are the bigger, the challenges that cause wrecked, to be 21 days sure sure uh as i mentioned already one of them is parts availability yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's a huge one um the second one is also um you know getting technicians trained and trained appropriately so that they can diagnose and troubleshoot and fix things right the first time so that it's not a repeat of the same issue or unfortunately a lot of times a misdiagnosed misdiagnosed issue um a third one, which really is in everybody's control and, and is uh, just that if the RVer themselves does their own, you know, preventative maintenance. Um, if you think about it, you know, the, some of the smaller things, which, you know, we, we're in the process right now of creating some consumer information pieces that we are actually filming um, with the second week of June. We're going to be filming some things to help get 
the word out there for the consumers to potentially do some of the small uh, fixes themselves, all of which contributes to reducing the backlog that you might experience at at a, a dealership. And and then there's 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 a few other things which includes you know better technology at the dealerships. Um, there is a lot of if you haven't noticed, there is a lot of acquisitions occurring in the dealer network that mm-hmm. uh, as you know larger groups are buying up the smaller dealerships. And so with that comes some some additional efficiencies um, and I guess improvements on the the service side of things uh, as as I noticed a lot of our dealer partners are allowing you know, service to occur at multiple dealerships across the country. Um, so that you aren't stuck at the bottom of the list because you didn't buy your RV at that particular dealership that you might have to be serviced at. So lots of things like that are going on. But there, I'd like to say there's one silver bullet, Scott, but unfortunately there's not. It's a multitude, and, and you know my part is, is making sure that the, uh, the technicians uh, have a, a standard base of knowledge so they can fix it right the first time. So are you finding people to come to this RV Technical Institute? I mean, recruitment and then obviously mm-hmm. matriculating these folks through mm-hmm. the program has got to be the bigger challenge here. Are, you know, what, what kind of demand do you see there? Oh, yeah. No, you, 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 you hit the nail on the head with that. It is challenging. Um, as I shared with you, I spent uh, over two decades in the education space and specifically the last 10 years on improving the skills gap that exists out there. And so... Um, you know, as, as you think about an RV technician, uh, we're, we're combating to get these folks, just like folks are, are trying to get folks for the auto world, the diesel world, HVAC world, plumbers, electricians, um, all of these fit right into the same job code of, of what an RV technician might be. So uh, it is challenging, um, but I do uh, feel very optimistic. We're participating uh, here in July at a national convention of high school counselors uh, where I will be presenting along with a few dealer partners uh, the opportunity to actually take our curriculum and put it into high schools wow. um, free of charge uh, to the high school with the idea that we can um, influence and, and share the opportunity that exists. Because an RV technician can be an easy six-figure income in, um, in just a couple of years because uh, the demand is not going down uh, and whether that's and we do train technicians at the dealerships themselves. We train mobile technicians. We train independent technicians. Um, we train them all because all of them are needed to, to really help uh, all your listeners have a better experience when, uh, when things do break so that you can continue to RV and continue to, to enjoy the experience with the family. Yeah, I love it. Uh, tell me a little bit. Uh, by the way, you're listening to the RV Travel Podcast. That's Kurt Hemmler with the RV Technical Institute. I'm Scott Linden. I'm I don't know where I'm, where I am today, but uh, y- you mentioned those videos for consumers, and I'm I'm as curious as I'll get out about that because I'm in that business too. And uh, what are the what are the topics you're going to be covering in the first few of those? I'm I'm awfully curious. <laughs> Sure, sure. And actually, they have not shared all of them with me. I'm going to expect that it'll be some of the general stuff that a consumer might run into, for example, when you're RVing for the first time, you know, how to safely hook up, how to safely dump, how to safely winterize your uh, your RV. Some of those very basic non- um, uh, technical I guess he was technical yes uh, yeah that you know doesn't require and this is 
this is our first stab stab at it, if you may. Uh, we're leveraging our Go RVing uh, portion of the RVI business uh, that we run to to kind of get the word out. Um, obviously, as I mentioned to you, what's our greatest challenge is, is getting the word out um, yeah. and trying to hit every single avenue so that consumers have a place to go. Um, and obviously, we're, we're open to multiple ways of getting that communication because the more we can get it out, um, you know, the better. Uh, and everybody has their forms of, of communication. If, if you were to uh, kind of narrow it down to, you mentioned um, we know that the wrecked is 21, you know, we're waiting 21 days on average to get anything fixed. Uh, but we can, we can help bend the curve in a good way if we do some of this stuff ourselves. What are some of the things that most of us not counting the music majors in the studio right here, um, <laughs> that we can safely probably muddle through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned uh, a few of them already. Obviously, uh, the, the winterization of, of your unit when it comes time for storage, mm-hmm. uh, the proper way, you know, going taking a, a course on how to to navigate and, and park and drive your RV, whether it's a tow or a motorized, um, you know, things such as making sure your weights and balances are correct and you're not overloading. I mean, all of these, they're kind of no brainers are actually brainers and they all <laughs> impact, <laughs> they impact the, the net result that could happen if it's done incorrectly. And, and that's what we're really trying to prevent. Um, you know, a good, 51 over 51 percent of the RVers in this in 2020 uh, were brand new to the space and so uh, I know a lot of your listeners are, are very seasoned veterans at it but you know this this newer group um, is not uh, I don't want to insult anybody but they, they really do need some basics I mean we we're, we're talking about making sure they know what a flathead screwdriver is versus a Phillips head and things of that nature that um, you know, but I would say, if anything, you know, just educating yourself a little bit about those few items. Uh, there's there's a lot of places to go to get that information. You know, good old reliable YouTube. You know, there's I just say enter that with caution. Not everybody is an expert, but um, at the same time, some of these things are just uh, very good, um, s- simple things that can can be done to prevent you from having to stand in that 21 day line. You, you know, you have some online uh, courses, I'll call them. Uh, mm-hmm. Are any of those, I mean, for somebody like me who, who mm-hmm. likes to think they know just enough to get into trouble, are there mm-hmm. any of those online courses that might be of value to experienced RVers? Oh, sure, sure. Um, now, keeping in mind, uh, we the current curriculum that we offer is is there to train you to become a certified RV sure. technician. There's, yeah. there's a level, there's a level one, there's a level two, level three and master tech. Now uh, we do have, and we have had um, probably about 15% of all the students that we've ran through up till now um, is truly just of the recreational type or somebody that wants to be a full-time RVer or is looking to, to get into it. The, it, it isn't very expensive to do so. It is a lot more um, than you than the average bear would need. But what I'm finding is a lot of folks are getting into it. They're liking it. They're looking for maybe an early retirement or, you know, thanks to COVID, a lot of folks are reevaluating where they work, how they work, and uh, 
and as I mentioned, you know, we're always looking for somebody that wants to be a, a, a technician out there. Uh, you can make a good living. Um, it's, it's not, uh, age really isn't a very, we've had students from, from 16 to 69, um, uh, taking our coursework. So, uh, there's nothing specific right now, uh, by RVTI that is for consumer, uh, just general, other than the things I mentioned to you that we're going to mm-hmm. be working on mm-hmm. here with GoRVing. But I definitely encourage anybody who's looking to either, you know, maybe look at a, a different career path, looking to, uh, uh, you know, just get extensive knowledge on their on their unit um, to check us out. Uh, it, you just go to rvti.org and all the information's there. Uh, we do offer the coursework online as well as in person, as well as uh, we have learning partners across the country uh, that uh, also offer this, that you can go into any of them and, and receive the training as well. Well, I, it's certainly worth looking at. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm thinking of my brother-in-law right now who could fix anything with uh, with duct tape and bubble gum. And <laughs> they, they just bought their first RV, and uh, he will never set foot in an RV dealer's service department out of pride if nothing else but the rest of us it may be out of self-defense we we (laughs) we have no other choice so um good to know you're out there rvti.org that's kurt hamler he runs the operation you're listening to the rv travel podcast kurt thanks so much for being a part of it scott thank you very much for having me and uh and just keep on rving Wow, so much to learn from uh, new alternatives for owning or renting spaces to a place to go on the California coast to a place with, yes, a vacancy at Yellowstone, at least as of today. So jump on that one. Sure appreciate you listening. It's the RV Travel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. That is the most important way you can help us grow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and um, leave a rating or review while you're there. I'll leave you with this bit of wisdom, at least to me it is. Camping without beer is just sitting in the woods. I'm Scott Linden, the host. Thanks so much for listening. See you on the road.